Rice clean me up. Rice clean me up. I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. clean me up. Rice clean me up. I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Listen. Yeah. I ain't got a stain on me. Cause it's all by his grace, homie Gave his righteousness, now I'm spotless Didn't earn it, but I still got it, yeah Not by my works Now I'm in his church Ain't nothing I could earn Did it by his own, yeah, you know I didn't deserve I'm singing out Christ clean me up Christ clean me up I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new, yeah, 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 Christ clean me up, Christ clean me up, I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new, yeah, 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 Christ clean me up, I was headed to I was a mess, my goodness is unworthiness But now I'm feeling brand new I ain't worried about a thing He's worried, now I sing, yeah Got a new mind, got a new heart Glory to God, who art Worthy of all praises By tongue, tribes, and nations He dressed us in this white robe His righteousness we now clothe Glory to God and Christ alone Glory to God and Christ alone, yeah Marcus Rogers and his views on speaking in tongues. Recently, he just put out a video, which I found interesting. I think it'll provide a moment of clarity uh, to give my thoughts on speaking in tongues as well. You know, it's been a while since we've addressed Mr. Marcus Rogers, you know. A lot of these Christians is ducking the smoke. I want all the smoke. You know, I I've, I've ha- haven't seen anything from him. Nobody sent me video. So, hey, um... Hey, I just hey, leave it. It is what it is. People know where I stand on the issue, but uh, I think this issue is important because of uh, the practical reasons why. Uh, you know, he he is, he argues in this video, no straw man. I'm going to play everything he says. He argues that um, every Christian should uh, can even speak in tongues, and we know for Marcus Rogers, the recipe of salvation for him includes faith in Jesus, baptism, as well as uh, speaking in tongues, and so. Essentially, I believe he argues for a works-based uh, salvation. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play this video and get into a response here. Guys, we're about to watch some full-blown craziness by Jesse Lee Peterson. Now, he has some good content, but here, you know. Let me just say this. I am not a Jesse Lee Peterson fan when it comes to theology. Um I remember watching a video a while back on Jesse Lee Peterson where he was arguing for sinless perfectionism. And so don't get your theology from Jesse Lee Peterson. 
Hey, I'm praying he borderline blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. Uh, speaking the tongue is of the devil. And when the people are speaking in the tongue, they're speaking to the devil. Just think about this. God is a clear guy, right? But the preacher have told the people, you can speak in tongue. And then they take you to the back room somewhere and tell you how to do it. And then they tell you in order. Now, I, I wouldn't phrase some of the way Jesse Lee Peterson phrases this. Uh, and I don't know if he defined what he meant by speaking in tongues. And, and, and I'll do that here a little bit. But for now, I think he has a point. You never see speaking in tongues from the Bible uh, being uh, taught where you go in the back room and someone teaches you how to do it. It's a gift that uh, God would give unto people for just utterance, right? They would just come out and do it. Um, and so there's so many parallels when you see what's done in the Bible, speaking in tongues versus uh, today, right? And let's let's see him finish this. To understand what you said, you got to have another person there. And so God is so dumb that he going to let you speak in this crazy so-called language and he going to tell somebody else what you're saying and what he's saying to you. And the people are dumb enough to believe it. God is a clear guy. He speaks directly to the person. He doesn't have to tell somebody else all right, all right. So this, is, this is, is, evil, this is crazy right here. Shout out to and that's what the church my brother Keith Legend. Go check out the full interview. Um, let, let me say this, because Marcus Rogers, he's, he's not actually really going to respond to what J.C. Lee Peterson says, although I do think he says some uh, uncharitable things uh, to um, the speaking in tongues, even a modern speaking in tongues position. But let me define what I mean by speaking in tongues so people don't say, hey, you don't believe in speaking in tongues. No, I believe that speaking in tongues biblically is where God would give the gift um, to someone. Let's say, for example, he gave me the gift to speak Swahili. I've never studied the language and I communicate to this person the gospel. All right. I tell them about Christ. Now they understand what was said. Right. Obviously, they speak the language. Right. Um, they are the interpreter in some sense. Um, and so that's what I believe. And, and I'm going to show that here biblically that, that that's the case that, I mean, <laughs> no one can refute that, that that's what's done in the Bible. Um, and so that is my position on speaking in tongues. It's actually a real language. It's not this mumbo jumbo coming in a Honda, right? <laughs> right? It's, it's, that's not speaking in tongues. That is just babble. It is, um, baby talk at best. But biblically, you don't actually see what these people are claiming to be in the Bible. And I'm going to show that by responding to Marcus Rogers as we continue. But this is it just shows, number one, that he doesn't know the Bible at all. Um, you know, pretty intelligent guy from a lot of the things that I've seen. But like with him and Alan Parr and Ruslan, these guys that are really smart. I thought it was funny. I, I uh, texted Ruslan. I was like, I don't even know why your name got really brought up. Because funny enough, uh, Ruslan believes in speaking in tongues. Um, we disagree on this issue, and that's fine. But where Marcus Rogers and Ruslan would disagree is Ruslan doesn't think it's essential for salvation. He doesn't even believe, as far as I can understand his position, he doesn't even believe every Christian should or can do it. Um, or I would, to be fair, should, right? Um, and so I don't know. And I think Alan Parr has a similar view. Uh, but I don't know why he, he he's just like he just has to take a shot at them, right? I, I, I think he's still salty over dialogues with those two gentlemen, right? 
sometimes they become too smart for their own good that, you know, they, they become carnal. They're leaning too hard on their own understanding. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, you know, he's putting the air quotes talking about, you know, this language and it's silly and talking about it's dumb. You know, the pastor's taking you in the back room uh, to show you. He says, God is a clear God. Yeah. It's very clear in the scripture. Now, the problem that we have in America is a lot of people go by feelings or they think because they went to Bible college, you know, everything that they teach is 100% accurate. Now, Marcus Rogers, the epitome of a guy who leans on his feelings. Go, go, go watch. Go look on Marcus Rogers Facebook page, his community posts, even his videos. Much of them are is him whining about how he's not accepted. I mean, this dude is always in his feelings. So I just find it funny that he's saying like, you know, he's trying to bring that up, which is you know, interesting. I always tell everybody, you got to study the Bible for yourself. Right? Right. It doesn't matter what you feel or what you think the Holy Spirit told you or what Bible college told you or what you were taught. by. What about uh, your Bible college? Well, which, by the way, Marcus Rogers, how's that going? I haven't seen anything on that in literally three, four months. Uh, maybe I could take a class, you know, but I haven't heard anything on the Bible college. Did it get shut down? What, what's going on with that? church by your pastor, you better make sure you know the Bible for yourself because the reality is, you know, a lot of people out there, they went to Bible college and they're false teachers. You know, I've had this conversation with Alan Parr before. I believe he's a man of God. I believe he loves the Lord. But this was an area for many years that he was a false teacher. Same with Ruslan. And so I now listen to what he's saying. The subject is speaking in tongues and he's saying they were Ruslan and Alan Parr were a false teacher because of their view on speaking in tongues. And, and to be frank, I don't think he even understands either of their position. Because when Marcus Rogers hears, um, you know, <laughs> when he hears that, uh, hey, you know, you don't have to speak, you don't have to speak in tongues for salvation. What he hears is you're saying no one in the Bible did it. That's what he hears. And I'm going to show you that's clearly what he thinks. But again, Ruslan's that's been his position that you can speak in tongues. Again, I disagree with that. Hey, me and, me and Russo, I could have that conversation b behind closed doors. It wouldn't be hostile or anything. It'd just be real cordial. And, and, I, and But even me and Ruslan would have a lot more similarity than him and Marcus Rogers. I, I Look, I'm okay with charismatics. Like, hey, look, this is my own thing. This is where I view. No, it's not necessary for salvation. All right, cool. We just disagree. Still my brother. No problem. Uh, same with Alan Parr. I think that's his view as well. Hey, speak a tongue, but it's not essential for salvation. Otherwise, it'd be works. Cool with that. Marcus goes way beyond that. And so he's saying they're not a false teacher. Or sorry, he's saying they, they were a false teacher because at one point, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, he's because they, oh, here, here's what he's saying. They, they aren't a false teacher. They were a false teacher because um, it's so hard to even get into the mind of Marcus Rogers because it doesn't make sense because both these gentlemen have had the same view on speaking in tongues. Ruslan hasn't changed his position. So what actually is not making him a false teacher, according to Marcus Rogers now? No one knows. He, and Mark, if, you, if you want Marcus Rogers to explain something, good luck. Good luck. I'm going to show you very quickly, because I know people have a short attention span, the Bible that just completely destroys this entire argument. Tongues is for everyone. Now, he was talking about, oh, tongues is just, you know, it's this language that, you know, they're telling you blue, blue, like he's mocking, right? Well, let's go to what the Bible says. First of all, first.
Corinthians right. 14. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let him play this. He's going to uh, 1 Corinthians. Two, this destroys a lot of his argument. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but God. Indeed, no one. Actually, I want to back up real quick. I want to address something he said, right? Hold on. Everyone. Now, he was talking about, oh, tongues is just, you know, it's this language. Sorry, he uh, said speaking in tongues is for everyone. Let me refute that real quick. Even biblically, that was not the case. First um, Corinthians, 12, if you go to first Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, you'll read this. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, uh, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping administration, administrating in various kind of tongues. Notice what's last, but nevertheless, different case for a different point. Um, are all apostles? Th answer this question. Is everyone in the body of Christ apostles? Obviously, the answer is no. Are all prophets? Obviously, the answer is no. Does every single person in the body of Christ teach? Right? Pastorally? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all possess gift of healing? No. Not everyone's done this. Do all speak in tongues. Now, here's where Marcus Rogers changes. Notice the pattern. It is all implied no until Marcus Rogers gets here on speaking in tongues. But obviously, if you follow the train of thought from the Apostle Paul in this passage, you can still see that the answer is a no. Do all interpret? No. So why, when the conclusion of the Apostle Paul says, is do all speak in tongues, is no, does Marcus Rogers say yes? we'll find out sometime in this video. So let's keep going. You know, they're telling you blue, blue, like he's mocking, right? Well, let's go to what the Bible says. First of all, first Corinthians 14, two, this destroys a lot of his argument for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but God, indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. He clearly doesn't know that verse. Just like back in the day, Alan Parr wasn't aware of it when I brought. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. Uh, with that Alan Parr didn't know this verse. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, but what I want to do real quick is do an overview on the first uh, Corinthians 14. So you guys can see uh, just kind of some main things that are important, especially for those who take Marcus Rogers position. Right. Uh, notice what it says. Verse verse one, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy for one who speaks a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirits. Now, a lot of charismatics like to harp on this. See, no one understands him. He's he's uttering this mystery. See, it's this unknown language. Well, yeah, it is unknown to the speaker, but it is known to the person whom they're communicating with. On the other hand, one prophesies, speaks to people for their building. The one who speaks, speaks. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah. The one who speaks speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, right? This is Paul's desires. But all, but even more to prophesy. So even in the, the uh, I guess, the order of what's better or greater, uh, prophecy. So according to Marcus Rogers, wouldn't you hold that every Christian should prophesy and someone's not a genuine Christian if they don't? Things we like to know. 
The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets it so that the church may be built up. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, you know, then he goes on. Right. Uh, if I don't love. Right. We, we know this part. Um, let's see. Right. For there are doubtless many different languages in the world and none without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker, a foreigner to me. So this is where I struggle with with modern day speaking in tongue, because it's, it's verses like this. That's like, well, that's literally what you have with speaking in tongues today. No one knows <laughs> there is this language cannot be deciphered. And is therefore meaningless. Right. And, and it right. No one knows the meaning of the speaking in tongues. Right. Um, so, so with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestation of the spirit, strive to excel in the building of the church. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray for the power to interpret. For if I pray, um, in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my mind also. Hmm. I will sing praises with my spirit, but I will sing praises with my mind. Uh, there's a there's a verse that I want to uh yes yes here we go um verse what is this 18 it says I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you right no, notice this Paul had the gift clearly but notice what he says nevertheless in church I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than ten thousand words in a tongue so this is what I don't get. Um, and, and you'll see, you'll see here because, because the scripture says, Hey, uh, you know, one is to be in order unless there's an interpreter. Don't do it. You, I, you rarely see an interpreter. It's all out of chaos, right? It's not never one at a time. It is like thousands of people doing it at once. It's, it's not even done biblically according to their own interpretation of it. Right. Uh, let's see. Yes. Uh, and the Lord is written by people of strained tongues and by the lips of foreigners. Will I speak to this people? And even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Now we're going to see the fulfillment of this verse, but stand by. Thus tongues are a sign. Notice this not for believers. Is it, is it for believers? No, not a sign for believers, but for unbelievers. Why is that? Well, I believe, uh, you know, Joel 2, Acts 2, we'll get into that in a second. It's because the gospel is going forth to different people. It is spreading across the, the, the nations, right? Uh, Thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. While prophecy is a sign not for believers, but for believers. If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers injured, will they not say that you are out of your minds? Uh yeah, yeah, let's keep going, yada, yada, keep going. Uh, but yeah, so notice the verse 26. When then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue of interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there let there be only one, only two or three at or at most three in each in turn and let someone interpret. <laughs> you, you never see this done, right? It's all sporadic, chaotic, and very rarely is an interpreter done there, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think this, this is important just to read, just to show, um, again, let, let's take Marcus Rogers view. He doesn't even do this. Go listen to him speaking in tongues at his church. 
and you'll see the most bizarre, uh, strange, uh, 40 people doing it right at once. But let's continue with his video. To his attention. All right. This right here kills a lot of the false doctrine that's out there. But, oh, you need an interpreter when you speak in tongues. This is a. Didn't we just read that? <laughs> Marcus is like, no, you don't. Didn't we just read you do need an interpreter if you're going to do this? Like, let's like, again. I am buying his coming in a Honda Yawasaki for a second speaking in tongues. The Bible literally just said, if it is to be done, let take your view of that, right? Then there has to be an interpreter. But he's like pushing back against that idea. Beginning of 1 Corinthians 14, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. So you can go into the prayer closet and speak to God. Where, where is this prayer closet stuff you're getting? Where, where is that? That's, that's not done. And and notice it, it, it. I I believe speaking in tongues was a public act. I I don't see anywhere where it was just one person doing it in his prayer closet. Show me that, Marcus Rogers. Again, I know that's tradition we've been taught. I was taught it. I grew up in the charismatic stuff, and trust me, I know. I know all the stuff they say about it. Oh, the devil can't hear you when you're speaking in tongues. It's the tongue of angels, even though Satan himself is an angel. Then this stuff never makes sense. And pray in the spirit, which the Bible tells you in Jude 120, but ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And Marcus Rogers thinks anytime he sees the word Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, that is automatically a uh, reference to speaking in tongues, which is very foolish and arbitrary. And, and what you're going to see in this video is him just reading a verse that says Holy Spirit and him thinking, oh, that must mean tongues. <laughs> You can have the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues. Uh, you, you're assuming your conclusion. You're assuming your conclusion. And I'm going to show you clearly verses a little bit, a little later, where uh, the Holy Spirit is mentioned. And, and it's obviously not referring to speaking in tongues. We'll get to that a little bit more. There's verses that tell us what praying in the Holy Ghost actually means. Okay. But I just want to lay the basic foundation. All right. So. Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, right? So this is the promise in Joel 2.28. Let's fast forward to Acts 1.4. Uh, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, right? And so Jesus had told them to go wait uh, in the upper room, that uh, he was going to send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, all right? And so they're waiting in the upper room. Acts 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully coming, I know I'm reading fast, but I know people will only watch like a little, you know, a little piece of it and they won't we watch the whole thing watch it all, and man. get the whole context. So I want to keep your attention. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And now... I want to actually provide a uh, summary view like I did 1 Corinthians 14 before he actually gives his view, right? <laughs> Some very interesting things were said about Acts chapter 2. So, yeah, he reads that up, right? They were filled with the Spirit um, and began to speak in other tongues. So it's two things happening here. Marcus 
equates that to one thing, singular. So what you have for Marcus Rogers, hold on, let me actually share my screen. What you have for Marcus Rogers is the spoken tongues, and then they spoke in tongues, right? Like notice they were filled with the Holy Spirit and sp spake in other tongues as the Spirit gave them other. So it's two different things done here, right? One is uh, them passive. The other is them active. Um, now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from, notice this, from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. So they, these men saw this happening. They, whoa. They heard the sound. They heard them speaking in tongues. Right. But notice this, because each one was hearing in his own language. You see that? And they were amazed and astonished. So they're like, hold up. <laughs> this is wild, right? But notice who's there. Unbelievers. Just kind of like we read in 1 Corinthians 14. You know, this. Anyways, we'll, we'll get there. But notice what they say. Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? They were, they were confused. You know why? Because these are unlearned men. So the question can be read. Similar to how are these Gal these dumb Galileans speaking multiple languages? How do they know this? Right? I mean, literally, next verse. How is it that we hear each of us? So notice, they speak forth, um, and literally thousands of people who are there are hearing in their own language. Wow, that's amazing in itself. So how is that we hear each of us in his own native language? Uh, Parthians, Medes, uh, Alamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, uh, Pontus, and Asia. I mean, just the list goes on, right? Multiple languages. Both Jews, proselytes, Cretans, Arabians, or Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues... The mighty works of God. So notice here. Notice in Acts 2, the men are hearing actual language they know. Without a doubt. Right. And what are they hearing? <laughs> the mighty works of God. They're explaining, uh, I'm sure, who God is, the gospel, things like this. And this tongue they did not know. But the hearer did. First time speaking in speaking in tongues is done in redemptive history. It's a known language to the hearer, but not to the um, speaker. Right. Next, verse 12. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Right. They were astonished, remember? But others mock said they are filled with new wine. Now. If you actually listen to what's being said, they are struggling themselves to understand what's going on at this event. Right. Some are saying, what does this mean? Right. <laughs> what does it mean that these unskilled men, untaught men, untrained men are speaking in a language they did not know? Now, if you actually listen to the rebuttal of the mock, it's a stupid, silly asinine response the best that these men can say to this is they're drunk if, 
You see how stupid that is? How silly that is? That actually does not answer the question. Because being drunk does not make you speak a language intelligibly, accurately, a language you do not know. Right? So their response actually does not. It doesn't actually. They, they, these carnal men don't understand the spiritual significance here. And the best that these mockers have to say is they're drunk. <laughs> right? What, a, what an amazing, asinine answer to, to this amazing event. Right? But continue on. Um, right? Uh, so, so Peter stands up, right? Lifting up his voice, addressed them, men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. These people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. <laughs> I love this answer. It's too early, bro. <laughs> people usually get drunk at night. Come on. Right. What, 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 what a, what an epic right response. <laughs> But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel, right? And those last days should be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hmm. All your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Old men shall see dreams. Right? They shall dream dreams. Even though my male servants, female servants, those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs on the earth below, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. The sun shall, right? We know this passage. It should be, it should be come to pass that everyone who hears the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so what Peter is saying is this act, this thing that was prophesying Joel to is being fulfilled before your eyes. So the question that the man answered earlier, what does this mean? This is what it means. Peter is answering that question. Right. Um, continuing on, I mean, he just gives a wonderful exposition of of, of the cross. Uh, man, read that. But what, here's what I want to uh, check because what what does this mean? Right. Um, there's a verse that yeah he tells them repent and be baptized. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's where I want to pick back up. At, right. Thirty nine for the promise. Wait, it's actually a verse before that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Verse 33. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out. He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. So what is the promise? The promise is though the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 39, he says, um, for the promise is for you and your children or uh, for all who are far, everyone who calls, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So here we can clearly see that they are experiencing the promise uh, from God. And what is the promise? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not tongues. This is not what it says. The promise is. Of God is that every new covenant member shall be filled with the spirit of God, right? Marcus Rogers, what we're going to see, what he's already done. He sees Holy Spirit. See, everybody's going to speak in tongues. That's not what it says. They, now, they've already known how to say speak in tongues. That's already been communicated earlier in Acts chapter two. But Marcus Rogers has to import his theology into the text. 
right? That's not what it says, sir. That is not what it says. So continuing on with the video. Began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utter utterance. Now watch this in verse 13. Others mocking said, these men are full of wine. But Peter standing up with the 11, this is very important, lifted up his voice and said to them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. Now watch his explanation of them being filled with wine. It's, it's comical, but it's sad at the same time. For these are not drunken as she supposed, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now, many people say, oh, when they were speaking in tongues, it was a real language. It was just a language that. Isn't that literally what it said? We hear each and our. I mean, Acts 2. Let me let me go back there. This is why I read the text. What do the men say? Right. How. Um. Yeah, we hear them telling in our own language. Let me share this back with you. Verse. Um. 11 we hear them telling in our own tongues literally language that word tongues language the mighty works of god marcus rogers like disagree with that everybody could understand think about this why did oh let me go back so you can hear what he's actually saying um to that uh it was a real language it was just a language that everybody could understand think about this why did they assume these guys were drunk? If it was just a real language, I've never heard somebody speaking Spanish or Chinese or Russian or a language that I didn't understand and just thought, oh, this person is drunk. Yeah, exactly, Marcus. That's the point. That's how dumb the answer was. <laughs> it, the answer actually doesn't make sense to what they were saying. But watch what he says. Well, this is what it has to mean. He's actually buying into, into the stupidity of the question. It is a dumb thing to see someone speaking in a language they don't know, then study and say, this guy's drunk. That makes no sense. The real question is, how did this happen or what does this mean? Right. There was something about the way that they were moving and talking and babbling that made people think they were drunk. Now, Notice the assumption. Marcus says, well, since they asked the question, you know, they're drunk or the statement they're, they're drunk, then they must have been moving like drunk people and talking, slurring, you know, <laughs> nystagmus of the eyes, you know, uh, all sorts of things drunk people do. That is absurd reasoning. That is absurd reasoning. And Peter kills that. No, we're not drunk. It's too early for that. Notice the the assumption in the importation of his theology. Why? Because at his church, people fall out like drunk people. Uh, they're all on the floor acting crazy, flailing arms. So then that's, of course, what must be happening next. The assumption into the text. Most of the time when you hear somebody talking in another language, you don't say, oh, they're drunk. That right there kills a lot of people's whole arguments about tongues is only uh, uh, like a language. It's a that's literally what they said the verse before. But notice he can't accept that. So what does he have to do? He has to go to validating this man's statement about them being drunk, which is completely false and and silly, given what's happened. This is a fulfillment of prophecy, and this carnal man doesn't understand it. For if he understood it, he wouldn't have even made the statement. You see how eisegesis works. This is terrible. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. 
Somebody get him a Greek concordance, man. Take you to the Greek. This, I mean, <sighs> wow. Is this yours, King? Is this, <laughs> so it makes me want to say, like, this is really bad. Real language, you're, you're speaking in African, you're speaking in, and it's only for the purpose of preaching, right? That's what a lot of people believe, that they were. I mean, that's literally what we saw. We hear in our own language, the mighty works of God. That's literally what's, what's said. Marcus Rogers can't accept the clear, plain meaning of that. So he has to go all to, to the part where it says some guy thinks they're drunk, which is absurd. With tongues in order to preach to the different nations that were there. But we already killed that argument in first. No, you didn't. You did not kill that argument. Corinthians 14, 2, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. All right. Indeed, no one understands them. They utters uh, mysteries by the spirit. Now watch this. Peter says, they're not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken about by the prophet Joel. Remember, we talked about it. We read it, Joel 2, 28. And it shall come to pass in the last days, I will, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody so peter says look you see what's happening you think these people are drunk right and and they're they're babbling and they're, they're speaking in tongues they're not drunk this is this is the manifestation of the promise this is what was joel 2 was talking about when god said i'm gonna pour out my spirit upon all flesh this is what it and yeah that's the promise the outpouring of the spirit not necessarily outpouring of speaking in tongues the outpouring of speaking in tongues was to communicate to different nations right this was to spread forth the gospel to all the nations as is the promise matthew 28 right go in therefore all nations teaching them all that i've trained you right and lo i will be all be with you to the end of the ages that's the that's the reasoning but the spirit empowers the the you know once someone gets saved they receive the spirit that's no longer will it just be this covenantal thing where it's uh to to uh you know just for service but every person uh go and read ezekiel 36 go read jeremiah 31 every person in the covenant will have the spirit of god looks like when that happens and so then you go down to acts 238 watch this we're going to show you that tongues is for everybody it's not for a select few then peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the lord our god shall call peter says look you see what's happening with us this is the promise in joel 2 guess what if you repent and you get baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, for the remission of your sins. Baptism serves a purpose. You're not just splashing in the water. People skip over that part. For the remission of sins, that's why you get baptized. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the promise is under you, it's under your children, and all those that are far. This is for... Notice it says you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and not speaking in tongues. It didn't say that. Marcus conflates that well he sees holy spirit holy ghost he thinks that is speaking in tongues that's not the promise the promise is the outpouring of the spirit not necessarily speaking in tongues he he, he conflates that everybody what you see happening today is for everybody and he says it's for everybody even though first corinthians 12 says do all speak in tongues obvious answer is no 
since unless Marcus Rogers is going to say there's everybody's an apostle, prophet, teacher, uh, interpreter. Until he says yes to all those, then he's uh, contradicting the text. Well, he'll still be contradicting the text, but he's been inconsistent with the text for sure. And this lines up with Mark 16, 17, 18. These signs shall follow them that believe. and my name, they shall cast out devils. I'm almost done, believe it or not, guys. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I was utterly disappointed and shocked when me and Alan Parr had this discussion. And I brought up this verse and he says, well, technically it doesn't even belong in the Bible. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Uh, it is it is a later uh, uh, tradition statement important to the Bible. But let me show you how. Let's let's go with it for a second. Let's go with the presupposition that Mark sixteen nine through twenty is in the Bible. Uh, this is what's called a uh, a textual variant, right? Uh, but anyways, not to get technical. Let me show you how he's not even consistent with his own tra- uh, own interpretation, right? And these signs will accompany those who believe. So, okay. But notice he only focuses on tongues. Yeah, because that's the easiest one to manipulate. Right? Anybody can yada 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 da da da. Right? Anybody can do that. You don't have to be a Christian to do what I just did. It can easily be manipulated. If that's all speaking in tongues is, and not what I'm saying, see, what I'm saying speaking in tongues is, you know, it takes a miracle to speak in a language you've never studied. But to speak in this babble of today, you don't have to be anybody can just do that. It's easily regurgitated. But anyway, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Now, you remember (laughs) you remember how Marcus Rogers did with this verse? Remember, he had to spiritualize him uh, pulling some snake tattoo out of some woman's back. You guys remember that this the most bizarre reasoning to this verse. So everything else is literal, but this picking up serpents is spiritual, right? In the drinking deadly poison, spiritual. See, he don't want to focus on that part, right? Hey, if you're going to say all of it applies, you're going to say this applies, make all of it apply, right? Consistency matters. The Bible warns about people who take away and who add um, to the scripture. Again, a verse not being in the Bible is not taking away from the Bible. If I just make my own verse right now and I say, Marcus Rogers, why don't you believe that you're taking away from God's word? (laughs) That would be absurd reasoning. He needs to prove. See, this is why you need to do some textual critical, you know, uh, work. Hey, I know this. I know this. This is this. This is for the hard. This is the hard stuff, Marcus Rogers. You know, we don't. God's not just speaking to us every little thing in the sun and the sky. And but I mean, you would think he would give you a better argument than this if since he's speaking to you all the time. This verse is clear and these signs shall follow them that believe, not some that believe. Peter says what is for everybody, your children and to all that are far off. He didn't say tongues, though. He said the Holy Spirit. Two says I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Mark 16 says these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody that believes can do this. Now, if you can't do it, it's because there's an error with your belief system. If you've been taught that you don't need it, if you've been. Now, see, notice the problem. He's, he wants to shift the blame on you. Now, I have met people who, dis, who who are more open than me on the issue of even modern day speaking in tongues. I think, for instance, John Piper. John Piper has historically told how he has literally sought with every ounce of fiber in him. He's a continuationist. The gift of speaking in tongues that he hasn't granted it. Now, Marcus Rogers would still point the blame at him. Oh, well, see, if you ain't done it, it's just you. It's just you. You're the problem. 
No, John Piper's not just willing to fake it. <laughs> That's the problem. Taught that it's not necessary, then you're not going to receive it because you've been taught wrong. That's not what Peter said. Peter didn't come out and say, this is for some of you. That's not what Joel said. They, they neither said speaking in tongues is for everybody. It's the Holy Spirit, Marcus. I got to keep correcting you. Joel didn't come out and say this was for some of you. That's not what Paul said. That's not what it says in Mark. Yeah, well, so Paul did actually say that. He, he actually did address speaking in tongues and said it's not, not all speaking tongues. But Marcus doesn't like that part. So when people are teaching that it's only for some people, what they get confused in, and we're going to talk about it, is in Corinthians, the gift of tongues is different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, where we see everywhere in the Bible, where in the New Testament uh, book, a book of Acts church, when somebody got filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. So he says everywhere in the book of Acts, uh, where it talks about, you know, them being filled with the spirit. They spoke in tongues right after, right? They spoke in tongues. Well, let me just show you a few places. Well, that's just blatantly false. Blatantly false. Uh, one of those being the Apostle Paul's own conversion, <laughs> right? Uh, he told us how he had seen the angels. So Acts chapter uh, 11. Uh, wait, is this Paul's testimony? Peter, no, no, it's not. Uh, next next one I'm going to give is, a uh, matter of fact, let me uh, give you that one since I said that one. Acts chapter 9. But Ananias, starting in verse 13, Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard how many, from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said, go, for he has chosen instrument of mine to carry my name for the Gentiles and kings of Israel. Right. So keep going on. Verse 17 says, Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him. He said, brother Saul. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the Lord on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, he then he arose and was strengthened. So nothing about speaking in tongues here, right? You don't see any of that. So much for every time, right? Someone was filled with the Spirit immediately. But but you know what did happen immediately? Scale fell from his eyes. He regained his sight and he rose and was baptized. Nothing about speaking in tongues. Interesting. Um, after Peter's vision about the, you know, the, the foods, the, you know, things like that, if you recall that in Acts chapter 11, um, start at verse uh, 13. And he told us how he had seen the angels. So he's going back and visiting the brothers um, and telling them an account of uh, what he had saw. And he says, uh, he will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with uh, the Holy Spirit. So. And notice what happened. Uh, so verse 17, and then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I? Who was I that I could stand in God's way? So Marcus Rogers would probably want to read this gift as tongues, but that's not what it says. Um, but what happened here says when they heard these things, they fell silent. So there was no speaking. And they glorified God. Right. Then they did speak, <laughs> saying then to the Gentiles, also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So. 
there's there's inferences right there where may, I mean, I guess he could make an inference right here that is tongues, but definitely Paul's own conversion. There was no speaking in tongues at all. And so I don't know how you can say every time this is done. Every single place, right? Every now, single place. Let's dive in and we'll just we'll just dive in straight to it. Acts 10, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, this is with the centurion. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him gave all the prophets witnesses that through his name, whoever, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision were believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How could they see that the gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out on the Gentiles. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew, hey, these guys have been filled with the Holy Ghost because just like in Acts 2, everybody that was filled with the Holy Spirit. Marcus Rogers does not understand the difference between descriptive and prescriptive. Marcus Rogers sees an event in the Bible, says, oh, it was done. Therefore, we can all do it. So Jesus walked on water. Hey, how can you say Christians can't walk on water? It's done here. That's the uh, that is the the faultiness of many people when they go to descriptive passages, rather than going to prescriptive passages. What is a prescriptive passage? You may ask. A prescriptive passage is where it's uh, not just describing what happened, but it's actually commanding you likewise to do the same. That's not what's happening in any of these passages. He's going to. It's just describing something that happened, not prescribing it. Spirit spoken tongues, same thing that we see here in Acts 10. Then, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, verse 47, can any man forbid water that they should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Right? Same recipe we see in Acts 2. Let's go to Acts 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So Paul found people who were believers. They were disciples. They believed in Jesus. But Paul says, hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto them, we have not heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism. So Paul's bringing correction, right? Paul's bringing the same message that Peter preached, right? You guys are already believers. So if you already you've already confessed that Jesus is Lord. You've already repented from your sins. But now Paul says, I'm going to take you deeper. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism <laughs> of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied everywhere in the Bible where somebody was filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke with tongues. Is that so, Marcus? He says everywhere in the Bible. Now I'm going to just go New Testament everywhere in the Bible where someone was filled with the spirit. They spoke in tongues. Well, I'm just show you right now. That's blatantly false. Uh, Luke 1 15. You have. Um. Yes, uh, of uh, John the Baptist, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will be drink no wine or, or liquor and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit yet in his mother's womb. Yet we see no evidence of speaking in tongues. Right. Uh, even uh, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing about speaking in tongues. Jesus himself, Luke 4, 1, full of the spirit, yet 
nothing about speaking in tongues. Um, Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, yet nothing about speaking in tongues. Zacharias, Luke 1, 67, filled with the Holy Spirit. He prophesied, but nothing about speaking in tongues. Be careful of making these bold declarative statements like this, like no one or everybody, every single time. Because all I got to do is provide one, but I just provided over five right there. Now, Jude 120 says, but you beloved building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. This is a commandment, not to some believers, to all believers. Yes, pray in the Holy Spirit. Again, the assumption is that praying in the Holy Spirit means praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. That's not what it says. That's the assumption. You need to prove your assumption, not assume it, and then ask people, you know, to defend, to prove you wrong. That's is assuming you're begging the question fallacy being done right here. It doesn't say, hey, to you guys who can speak in tongues, right? You pray in the Holy Ghost, right? Now, some people, they argue, well, uh, you know, I, I'm praying in the spirit even when I'm praying in English. That's right. Well, it's clear in the Bible everywhere where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. And That's false. I just proved that to be false. You make bold statements like this and they're they're just boldly false. I mean, this it's this is not true. And get, here we go right here in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. So we don't really know what to pray for when we're praying in our native language. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with what? Groanings, which cannot be uttered. So he's saying there's a sound that's coming out that can't be uttered. Well, then that contradicts uh, speaking in tongues because you can utter speaking in tongues. It's the spirit goes deeper than our prayers. You you better be Christians better be thankful that God goes deeper than we be actually pray for. But again, speaking in tongues can be uttered. So that's not plausible with your Romans 826 interpretation. So that rules and cancels that out. It couldn't it can't be understood. That lines up with what we read in the beginning. When he prays, he prays in an unknown tongue to God, speaking mysteries, right, that the man can't understand. And he searcheth the heart, knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession of the saints according to the will of God. Right? So some people, their whole argument, this is the one verse that they use, is that when Paul says, Hey, I wish that that all of you spoke in tongues, there's a difference between the gift of tongues, right? And um, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And some of you have experienced this before, and you can testify in the comments, right? So we're in church. We're having a work. Oh, real quick, because uh, Romans 8, 28, 26 does not say that it can't be understood. It's just groaning too deep for words. So Marcus Rogers actually adds to this text here. I just caught that, so. You take forward it what you may. Trip service, right? And then we just, we kind of just chill and we're resting in the presence. Somebody will just, like, this is the gift of time. Notice what he appeals to. Notice what he appeals to for, oh, oh, uh, see, you guys know what I mean, right? Scripture right here? No, watch. It will hit them and they will speak out. Right. And they'll give the tongues. And it's like the whole congregation is silent. It's almost like we just knew all of us knew. Let's just wait. The Holy Spirit's about to do something. Then somebody will feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to give that interpretation. That's the gift of tongues. It's different than being baptized uh, with the evidence um, of speaking in tongues. So what Paul is, this is a distinction without a difference. It's, it's really the same thing. If you actually listen to what he's saying. 
talking about, hey, if everybody's just blurting out, speaking in tongues, there's going to be confusion. Marcus, I've seen video clips of that actually happening in your church. <laughs> I, matter of fact, when I went to go uh, listen to you here in uh, the Texas area, that was being done at the church you were at. He was like, oh, no, you got to do it orally and one at a time. That's not being done with you. Right. And there needs to be an interpreter. But when we pray in tongues, it's clear that we pray to God. All right. So the Bible cannot contradict itself. People use that one passage of scripture to say, hey, tongues isn't for everybody, that everybody doesn't need to speak in tongues. I'll walk through 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14 and Acts chapter 2 to demonstrate one, your, your interpretation is faulty. Uh, but also to establish my view is actually more in line. It's a real language. But clearly I gave you all of these verses, all of these examples where it shows anybody that's teaching that is Marcus Rogers thinks that because he goes again, because he goes to a pastor where someone is speaking in tongues, he's proven that it's for everybody. That's none, none of the verses actually said that teaching something that is false. And it's just the bottom line. And usually what they'll do is like like with uh, Alan Parr, they'll take the verses that I gave him and just say, well, that that doesn't really even belong in the Bible. That's dangerous. <laughs> well, Mark 16, 90, 20 is a textual variant, but I didn't do that with any one of those. So just to be clear, <laughs> notice I use multiple, multiple verses, multiple, multiple examples. And for most people that come against what I'm talking about, they can only really give you first Corinthians. Right. And so they're misinterpreting that uh, they lack understanding. You didn't prove so that. So tongues though. is for everybody. I'm telling you right now, I've never met somebody who was a believer that um, wanted to speak in tongues and they didn't. Well, you got to get out of your echo chamber. Maybe you would if you get out of your echo chamber. Right. Because you just have to have faith. These signs shall follow them that believe. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you And that has nothing to do with speaking in tongues. So, so... Uh, if you actually take what he's saying, you don't actually have faith if you can't speak in tongues, which is absurd reasoning and circular argument. By the way, you've never heard these verses in the context that I just gave them. Then you're just going to repeat what people kept telling you about Corinthians. Oh, you didn't provide context. You just read the verse. Everybody's not supposed to be speaking tongues. But now that you've heard all these other verses, you clearly. But Marcus, what do you do with the verse that says not all speak in tongues? Or actually ask it in the form of a question. Do all speak in tongues? And the obvious answer is no. Marcus will say, well, what about all these other verses where people are speaking in tongues? Two things can be true at the same time. People spoke in tongues, yet it's not for everybody. Not one verse did you give that actually demonstrated that it's for every single person, every single Christian. See, that's not true. So now you have to respond to the word of God. Faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I've heard the word of God. Well, I choose to believe that, that the promises unto me and my children and all that are far off. These signs shall follow them that believe, them that believe, not some that believe, right? Um, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's right there. And every example where the spirit was poured out on somebody. Notice the ones he gave. None of those said that that a Christian will speak in tongues. Uh, every Christian will, even if you take his version of speaking in tongues, the drunk version. Uh, in the book of Acts Church, they spoke in tongues. Hey, but you don't have to agree. Cause and, and here's something interesting historically, and um, just if you read throughout the Bible, speaking in tongues largely disappears outside of the book of Acts. You don't, uh, you know, you have a little bit of instruction in 1 Corinthians uh, because they were abusing this gift. But outside of that, there's really no instruction on 
speaking in tongues. He doesn't write anybody else on on this issue, which which is just interesting. It's like, I have reasons, but I'll 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 withhold those for now. People get real upset. You know why they get upset? Is because I know some of the guys that I've talked to in the past, their wives have never spoken tongues. They got family <laughs> members who never spoken. So he's trying to psychoanalyze why you why you uh, don't like this doctrine. It's because it's like your wife don't speak in tongues and she ain't saved. It's pretty much like your family members ain't saved because they don't speak in tongues. Just just wild. You, you guys actually really dealt with the uh, issue at hand. Tongues and it's like it just it just makes people upset because the truth is they don't have the faith to receive it. Or they're just around the wrong people. You get around the right people, get the right people to pray for you and pray with you and teach you the scripture. Hey, you're going to get it. So uh, so you can get speaking in tongue by osmosis of being around charismatics. right? (laughs) Uh, That's not how truth truth isn't given by hanging around the right people. Uh, Obviously, hang around the right people. But I've met numerous people who hung around the quote unquote right people and are apostate as can be. So I don't know how that helps you. I've never, man, I've never seen nobody that has come to Chicago or that I've, you know, come across that didn't get it eventually. You just got to be taught right, taught how to receive it. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You, you, when you're worshiping and you, you ask, you know, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're the, in that environment, you're going to feel the Holy Spirit around. It's almost like it's like a. Like- now, remember he started this video off with off like, it's not about feelings and. Again, the Holy Spirit is a filling mechanism for many charismatics. I'll, I'll say specifically for Marcus Rogers. That's how he know the presence of the Holy Spirit is how he feels. Just moving all around you and, and you feel him like um, like an outfit almost, like just going around you. Remember, the Bible says in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit will come upon them. You got the Holy Spirit swimwear, the Holy Spirit, you know, jacket. It's in season. This is crazy but it wasn't in them you could feel the holy spirit on you around you you could feel the holy spirit when you're praying but it's different when you're filled with the holy spirit they weren't filled uh you know uh in the old testament in the new testament they're filled it's inside the holy well that that's not even true there are multiple references to uh people in the old testament filled with the holy spirit none of this is in the bible none of this experiential stuff is in the bible he's trying to put this on your conscience he's inside okay and so just like i tell people like when you want to cuss when you get angry when you're in the world and you're like man and then you release your tongue to say you felt it rising up and then you release your tongue it's the same thing you just have to yield to the holy spirit don't know same exact thing same exact thing like you're about to cuss that's how the holy spirit is in you some i I don't even know what that means that (laughs) strange and bizarre stuff right here uh new age stuff that's why i say marcus rogers is borderline new age think it don't try to be too smart you know just receive in faith just that simple just believe it don't don't try to outthink what i'm saying just believe it (laughs) have faith love you guys be blessed if anybody knows this to be true i want you to testify in the comments in jesus name god bless well we not testifying to that you know, speaking in tongues is this bizarre phenomenon that um, and you, you ever notice how speaking in tongues is never the same. It's always it's always just wild, weird one for over here. This strange charismatic, this charismatic over here, kind of like Kenneth Copeland's version or is under which the Canadian office uh, is. She 
Tevrema un po' breve giudizio, si ne manca che. E un giorno, un giorno, un Right, you know, so you have multiple ones. You 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 know you want a female version? How about Paula White? Or if you really want to be taught how to do it, maybe you could check out and go to Sid Roth for speaking in tongues and uh training. And if you've never prayed in tongues, if you Follow my instructions, the anointing is here to do the rest. I can't do it for you, but I can tell you how to pray in supernatural languages. So you start speaking like little baby words and say them as fast as you humanly can when I begin to pray. And when the supernatural will become natural as you take a step, Peter, of faith. Raise your hands to the Holy God and begin to pray in a language you've never been instructed. If you don't move your tongue and speak, no one else will do it in I know you don't know what to say. Make little nonsense syllables up. They're not nonsense. But then the first words coming out of your spirit, do it faster. I said faster. I said faster. You can do it faster than that. If I had a gun in your ribs, you'd do it faster. just just very interesting huh well i think what sums up my view very well and uh just the strangeness of modern charismatics and speaking in tongues versus what I believe biblical speaking in tongues is can be summarized very succinctly by John MacArthur himself. Check this out. What it was in the scripture was known languages, known languages that could be translated miraculously. They would speak a language they didn't know, and then somebody would give a translation of that language they didn't know. That was clearly what was going on in the book of Acts, and that's what subsequently follows up. So the burden of proof is not on us to try to figure out what this is. They don't even know what it is. They can turn it on and turn it off. They can learn the words that they say. It's a kind of, it's a kind of, um, it's a kind of gibberish that has developed its own lingo. So, yeah, I, it's so obviously not the biblical gift. And because it's a supernatural gift in the Bible, I go back to the same question. If God was going to give that supernatural gift to anyone, He wouldn't give it to people with bad theology because he'd be validating their bad theology, okay? The gift of tongues, it became the, the sort of focal point of the, the charismatic revival at the beginning of the 20th century. 
And, and still is the gift, it seems to me, that charismatics tend to be obsessed with. You know, if you haven't received the gift of tongues, then you haven't really been filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I, th I think that's what, that's what launched the movement. I, I suppose if they'd come up with something else, that maybe that would have been it. But, but I actually think that's the easiest one to falsify in an ignorant environment. So when you've got Charles Fox Parham saying that Agnes Osmond stands up and is speaking in Chinese and nobody in the room knows Chinese, they're all, wow, look at this, you know, we're hearing Chinese and there's not a Chinese person in the building. Nobody knows that. It, it's an easy thing to falsify because it's nonsense. It's, it also is an easy thing to, uh, to sort of double falsify with a false interpretation because nobody knows what the person is saying, learned behavior. And if you listen to them, you, you, you know, they're, they're saying what they've heard from somebody else and it has a kind of staccato and it kind of works together. As one guy uh, that I heard many years ago said, it's as simple as saying, Bata Handa Shurabata Yamaha. I mean, it's, it, it's a kind of... I don't know if you say that really fast, Bata Handa Shurabata Yamaha. You know, whoa, you know, that... It's, it's very easy to falsify. You, you, you can't falsify a miracle. You can't falsify anything as easily as you can falsify that and everybody can talk in gibberish. So I, I think that's what started the movement. And you do remember, Phil, that in the early uh, years of that movement, they attached the arrival of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer to that experience. Right. So that became the foundational kind of identifying mark of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And once that got embedded in the movement, it, it just it stuck. And again, it's easy to fabricate. It's, it's the people in crowds like this all stand up and, and speak that kind of gibberish and, and they get away with it because there's no way to measure the reality of it. Although there would be, that, this is, goes back to my comment about uh, charismatics not wanting their miracles to be, and, and they're not subject to verification. Right. That gift of all gifts would be pretty easy if it were genuine. Well, that's why they had to change the definition of it. Right. They said at the beginning that it was Chinese and they were speaking language. Do you remember what Charles Fox Parham did? He started sending people to the mission field and said they don't need to learn language. And they all arrived in the mission field and uh, said, we're here and we, we can speak the language supernaturally. And of course the whole thing collapsed in a, in a massive embarrassing scam because they couldn't. That's a sad part of the story because some of those people who literally sold everything and went yep. to the mission field really believed because Parham had told them, yep. you know, you're speaking Chinese. They believed they would be able to do that when they got to the field. And, and now we know that, that what they say is not any language at all. And so now the shift has been made that this is not a language, this is a private prayer language. And they, they call it the tongues of angels, uh, twisting the interpretation of 1 Corinthians 13, the tongues of angels. And then they come back, and they've said this to me many times, um, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit if you deny us this. I, I had a very interesting uh, experience. Uh, I, I, was, um, I was invited to... Uh, speak at a huge uh, event uh, a few years back now uh, held by K 
charismatic men. They had a huge men's movement. It was started by a guy named Demas Shikarian. You remember, remember that name? Massive big men's movement. And they asked me to come and speak. And I was surprised, really surprised, because I had written Charismatics, Charismatic Chaos. And, but somebody had told the leaders that I had gotten the baptism of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> that I had spoken in tongues. Somebody told the leaders, so they invited me to come thinking I was going to give my testimony. I didn't know they thought that. I thought they wanted the right view of tongues. <laughs> so I went, and I, 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 I would, Jay Letty was with me at the time, and I said, I can't believe they're letting me do this. The place was packed. And they're going to let me get up and tell the truth about tongues. I can't believe they're letting me do this. <laughs> so I got up, and I started into it. I opened the Word of God, and I, I got about ten minutes into this thing, and a guy grabbed me by the back of the coat and pulled me out of the podium and away from the microphone. And I said, well, I really wasn't through. And he said, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> and that's the only time I've literally been yanked out of a, a pulpit away from a microphone. It's um, a shame they didn't get a word of knowledge about your real position. No, yeah, that is right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the, the sad part of it is I went to the moderator of the meeting afterwards and I said, you know, I just want to ask you one question. He got up and told everybody in the building to pray that I would receive the gift of tongues there on the spot, that the Spirit would overwhelm me with tongues. Of course, it didn't happen. But afterwards, I said to this guy, I said, could I ask you just a simple question? Um, what, this, is the, this is the coordinator and director of the whole meeting. I said, what is your confidence that you're going to be in heaven? Tell me, why do you think you're going to be in heaven? He said, well... Uh, you know, you don't know. There's this long staircase, and at the end, there's this guy at the door, and you hope he lets you in. My heart was grieved, and I explained to him the gospel. He was the head of the event. He had no clue what the gospel was. This is my fear for this movement, that there are just millions of people across the planet caught up in this who have no idea what the gospel is. So yeah, uh, yeah. So let's move on to another subject. We, you know, we talked about speaking in tongues. Let's let's talk about this. You, you may have heard of DIY bookshelves. You know, kind of like this. I did it myself. You know, maybe DIY bathroom. You made your own bathroom. Maybe even DIY. You know, I mean, just anything could be applied to it. Uh, living room. You you did it yourself, right? Well, maybe. Or have you heard of DIY baptisms? I want you all to repeat after me, all of you. All of you that are giving your life to Christ. All of you. Even on the YouTube, if you're not getting baptized, you just, you just want to give your life to Christ, I want you guys to, I want you to, all the ones, everyone that put a one in the chat, everyone repeat after me that's giving their life to Christ or even getting baptized. I want you to say, now I want you to say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. So if, <laughs> if you can't tell, there are people literally in their bathtub at home. Uh, listen to this guy, uh, Richard Lorenzo Jr. <laughs> Richard Lorenzo Jr. doing a Zoom baptism um, while people are joining again through Zoom in their bathtubs going to baptize themselves. Bro, this is now that I'm thinking about this is low key, literally dangerous. I mean, <laughs> I hope they're not on the laptop, man. This this could really uh, be their last baptism, if you know what I mean. I mean, uh, Bruh. I mean, like, <laughs> why, why why would he do this? No, 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 no.
Yeah, so I saw this and I was like, this is strange. Very strange. So yeah, they're in the bathtub getting their baptism on. Richard Lorenzo instructed them how to do it. Why, why, why he ain't in the tub? That's a good question. No, 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 no. Say it. I repent of my sins. Say I turn my back on my sins. Say I hate my sins. Come on. Say I'm born again right now. And say when I go under that water, I'm getting married to you, Jesus. Well, at least he has the right mode of uh, <laughs> baptism with immersion. Shout out to my Presbyterian friends with that one. But but again, I hope they don't bring the, the device with him. All things will be made new. That'll be true. <laughs> All right. Now look at me, guys. Hold your nose. <laughs> Try to get your body as fully as you can under that water completely. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. I'm gonna... This is dangerous. This is bad advice. Hold the nose in one hand. You got the cell phone in the other. Get your body in. Are, are they bringing that device in with them as well? Because if, if you're going to do a full immersion, I mean, that hand's got to go in. I mean, new cell phone. You're going to pay for those servers, Mr. Lorenzo? I'm going to baptize you, and then I'm going to say die with Christ. When I well, he says he's going to baptize him. Actually, this is not you baptizing. This is a virtual baptism at best. Uh, they're baptizing themselves. I mean, every example in the Bible, you know, is, you know, someone baptizing them. They're passive. Oh, yeah. You, you guys get my point. <laughs> say die with Christ. You go fully under the water and you come up. They might, they might just die. <laughs> I'm going to say rise with Christ and then I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that you would receive the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to speak in tongues with me. But the evidence of speaking in tongues Okay. So we more speaking in tongues uh, nonsense. You know, if, if they were to get electrocuted, you might would see some <laughs> uncontrolled <laughs> speaking in tongues. So. <laughs> All right. Hold your nose. Close your eyes. Focus on Jesus. And please don't hit your head when you go back. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, hold on, man. Uh, don't, don't hit your head on the way back. <laughs> hey, who man's is this? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? It's like you don't have a big enough bathtub to get baptized properly. We'll have to pray for healing. <laughs> he says we'll have to pray for healing. <laughs> right. I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the mighty, precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach. Die with Christ. Go under the water. Fully under the water. All the way. Come on. And rise with Christ. But question if they went under when you said go under and they didn't hear the rise could they come back up just questions we would like to know go under and rise with christ hey this is crazy people Hallelujah. are literally people are literally baptizing themselves on zoom this is wild 2023 post-covid has gone crazy uh, glory be to god hey, hey. all right <laughs> put your hand on your head you're say, hey, put your hand on your head. I'm going to pray for you right now. You're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I that wasn't enough. We got some more uh, salvation instructions. Pray, Lord, that you would fill him with the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, fill every true believer you know who truly surrendered. And I believe it's all these people right now. Fill them with, the, with your love, your peace, and your power. You're doing this power right now. In Jesus' name, fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Now open up your mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost. My goodness. Yeah, this is Loco Mancinera. 
There you go. Pray in the Holy Ghost. My like a trumpet. I want you to pray from the stomach, from your belly, rivers like of living trumpet. water, that diaphragm of faith, that fire. Hey! <laughs> this is insane. Do people think, like, when they, like, is this really biblical? Yeah, yeah. Let me go into this bat water. That's, that's wild. That is totally wild. Well, if you think that was wild, <laughs> which it was, if you think that was wild, how about racing a prophet? No, not running for profit, not racing for profits, but racing a prophet. Now, I don't know the guy's name right here, but guys, hold on to your seats because this video is wild. So they're literally doing a race. Like you can see here, the guys lining up and the prof, the quote unquote prophet is the one in the hot pink suit, loud suit over here on the left. Right. And he gives them a little of a head start. The prophet is not only a prophet. He's a conf confident prophet. <laughs> he is a, uh, a confident man. Go. Watch brethren. This young man. <laughs> Who runs like this? Oh, hold on a second. So the prophet got dusted, or so we believed, or so you thought. Let's check this out again. Go! Watch, brethren. This young man is so strong. But <laughs> now, if you're asking why they fail, it's because of the prophet power. I mean, come on, think about it, guys. You you think a prophet would lose in a race? <laughs> no, of course not. Right. And so these two gentlemen, under the power of the prophets, uh, I don't know, powerful presence and perspiration. <laughs> I think of all the P words uh, fell to the ground right before the finish. I mean, just look at how they start off running. Terrible form and everything. Go. Look at that. Well, that's terrible. Look at the flailing of the arms. Look, there's arms way out here. The knees aren't even high enough. Look, I used to run track, so I know a little thing or two about running properly form. Look at this guy in the back. He hasn't even got off the finish. We're going to see what happened to him in a second. Um, I would love to race this prophet, low key. Uh, let's see if this happens to people outside of your church. Watch, brethren. This young man is so strong, but midway, they fell down. They didn't reach the finishing ground. And one young man made Look at him. Oh. <laughs> hey, who man's is this? Oh, snap. Oh, who man's is this? Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Is this real? Obviously, it ain't. But watch what happens to this guy right here. The, the hold on, the prophet smooth walking. Look, smooth. Look at the smooth and walk. And one young man made <laughs> he falls out right under the powers prophetic walk strut right you don't have to run when you're the prophet right look at this uh, so that was the first race well here's the second race watch this get set Go. Prophet, hey, prophet, what are you doing on your knees? Get up. This is a race. You can't be on your knees. He, you're not in ready stance, sir. Sir, sir, you're not in ready stance. This guy isn't running for him. Look, 
Hands on his knees, he's ready to take off. He's in the blocks. Oh. Uh. Watch brethren. <laughs> the command has been given for both to go. The race to begin. Hold so up. much is happening to the young hold man. Up, yes, hold up. Up. Hold up. Get set. Go. Go. <laughs> look at that first step. Look at look at this first step. <laughs> <Yeah. Watch brethren. laughs> The command has been given oh. for both to go. The rest oh. to begin. Oh so my is goodness! What is wrong with you, sir? Look at the prophet. And Prophet Samuel Kamani has got the winner's card, the card of victory. He's not bothered. He's just crawling. He's not bothered. <laughs> Someone check on this man, man. See, these guys are just playing around in church. It's it's funny, right? We can laugh. We have a good laugh. But it's sad at the same time, man. Same time. Well, hope you guys enjoyed today's video. Hope it was educational. Hope you learned something here today, guys. Till the next time, y'all. Grace and peace.